Let me tell you how it will be. We'll all catch up on the books you see. Cause it's the X-Men. Yeah, it's the X-Men. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 179 of the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. As you just heard, this is an X-Men catch-up episode where I'm going to be talking New Mutants, X-Force, and my old nemesis, Fallen Angels. And I did put the Beatles X-Men theme there, even though Double A Ron he, he likes the Billy Eilish one. Where is A.A. Ron right I, now? I, I don't know where A.A. Ron is right now. He's probably, mad, he's probably mad at me because I did not play the Billy Eilish, but I'll, I'll kind of juggle those. But hey, welcome to the podcast. And this is going to be one of those days that we're going to end up having two podcasts on this day. I'm doing this a little bit late, but I want to get it squeezed in there before we do episode 180 tonight as I'm recording where me and Brandon are going to get together and talk a couple new books. We're going to be talking Venom and also Avengers, as well as finishing up World War Hulk. So that'll be pretty cool. Pretty cool way to keep your pants on, right? Oh, my. But, yeah, we're going to be talking about three X-Men books. But before we do that, let me tell you where you can find us all around the Internet. Incoherent blabbering. Yes, it is. We're on Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. Follow us. We'll follow you back. And we, you can also go to our website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com. Yeah, I'm just heavy on the sound effects already this episode, where you can go to the website and read all of our reviews when all the new books come out. And there's a couple books coming out this week. Me personally will be reviewing the finale to the Agents of the Wastelands. I always want to say Wasteland, but it's Wastelands. So I'll be reviewing that on the site. A couple other books are coming out as well. And on the X side of things, a new Marauders issue is coming out this week. So we're going to have all of those reviews. And each and every week, one of the things we do on our Patreon, if you want to go and help us out, inspire us, and subscribe and get a ton of shows and a ton, ton of shows, go to patreon.com slash weird science. And I ended up getting asked this week if the shows stay on the Patreon or do they leave after a month. They're there forever. We have 1,100 plus shows on the Patreon. They're all there. You can go back to the very beginning. You can check out. Some things are a little dated because of the idea they're doing books. That come out each week, things like that. But some stuff is on classics and whatnot. So those are kind of timeless. But this past week, me and Brandon got together and did a Patreon-only spotlight, which we do every Wednesday night. Two books picked by the bad butts of the Get Fresh crew, Beep Boop, who are a level on the Patreon. And the books that they picked for us to go through are Amazing Spider-Man number 43, Bit of a Gog issue on Darth Vader number three, a bit of a Dr. Aphra's first appearance. And not just a bit, it is. It's Dr. Aphra's first appearance. You know enough. Yes. Yeah, so it was fun to talk about. I am suddenly a Dr. Aphra fan, did not really know much about that character and figured out, oh my goodness, this is a female Indiana Jones in the Star Wars universe. And that I was sold. So if you want to go and listen to those things, as well as a ton of other shows, like I said, each day. I try to put up a show at least on the Patreon. You can go and check it out. And since it is the beginning of June, it's June 2nd, if you don't have a calendar, uh, you can go over to the Patreon. We do not charge when you first sign up. You can sign up and you will not get charged until the first of the next month. Obviously, this would mean July. But if you quit before July 1st, if you don't like what we're getting and you don't like the things, you can quit. And you'll never be charged. So it's basically a free month trial. Just give it a shot. See what you think. And then you can decide what you want to do on your own because I'm not here to run your life. What I'm here to do, at least right now, is to talk about some X-Men books. And I'm going to be starting with New Mutants. And I'm going to be starting with New Mutants number four. In particular, an issue that is written by Ed Brisson, art by Marco Faella. 
Colors by Carlos Lopez and Letters by VCs Travis Lanham. Nightmare in Nebraska. Isn't it always a nightmare in Nebraska? How dare you? <laughs> Is that one of those things? What's the best thing to do in Nebraska? Get out of Nebraska? How I don't dare know. You? I've never been. I've never been a lot of places, but uh, sorry, uh, Nebraska. You just got served. Discovering that old friends Beak and Angel were missing from the mutant nation of Krakoa due to Beak's ailing father, Armor, Glob, Maxine, and Manon traveled to Nebraska. And I think it's Maxim again. I always say Maxim, but maybe it is bringing them the Krakoan medicine. The reunion was joyful. The medication worked miraculously and all was well i thought we had a rhythm going there that wasn't really there Uh, until armed gunmen arrived in the front yard and in my you know experience armed gunmen arriving in the front yard not a good thing it's almost it might be better than the backyard though the backyard you know weird stuff i guess that's just my backyard probably but hey i'll tell you weird stuff goes on in that backyard we get a fire going and it is like the krakowin burning man which is a segue because we start there on Krakoa. Yeah, boom, boom there. Drinking up what you can only expect is Wolverine's supply of Canadian whiskey. She is drunk. She is drunker than a skunker. And she ends up getting hit by Pixie, spills whiskey on her. Like, how do you get my booze there? Pretty much, just imagine Brandon. Brandon day drinking on a Tuesday. That, that's what Boom Boom's doing now. And so everybody's having fun, but... You have Boom Boom again, Brandon, faceplant, faceplant right down, and you have Pixie get her up. Okay, listen, I'm going to have to get you back. Why don't you go rest? And you get the drunken ramblings of Boom Boom. Again, if, it, if this is Brandon, Tom Brady ain't what he thinks he is, you know, stuff like that. It's always Tom Brady with Brandon, but with Boom Boom, she's mad because you ended up armor, gob. They all went off and they didn't thank her. For the help she gave them The help she gave them was giving them The medicines that they were taking off To get to give To Beak's father Well you end up with this And and you're going to have a couple moments Of this here because Boom Boom will end up Continuing it but what you're going to get is Another one of those Han Solo trying to see If anybody knows if Lucas checked in You know hey is he checked in Well he might have been on the southern corner Well why don't you go check you know that, and eventually, when Boom Boom does go through the the portal, through the gateway to go to Nebraska, I would love to think, "See you in hell" was said, but it's not. But and like, yeah, yeah, they're not back. They've been back for days. What? She's so drunk. Well, you go off to Nebraska to see that these piece of crap guys in Nebraska, the guys who ended up coming, you know, in the front yard with guns, they have gathered up all of the mutants there. And put them in the basement, including the little kids of Beak and Angel. And they do have power dampener collars on, so they are prepared. These aren't just, you know, guys just pulling up, hey, give me the medicines. And But no, they're prepared. And then we find out more in this issue. We do find out more about these people. They're not necessarily from Nebraska. We find that out. But we find out another thing that seems... Very, very big to me, though I don't know if it's going to play out as much. But we find out that the main guy, if you remember, he was the guy who looked like a real douchebag with his wraparound sunglasses and his full body tats. Me personally, my body is a temple. I do not have ink, but this guy does. He has tons. And he basically looks like I, you know that this guy loves like a Jose Canseco and probably watches Jersey Shore. Anytime he can And so he talks about He's from Costa Perdida A South American country That ended up having some problems Because the Americans Went there and they dumped All their crap Pretty much illegal dumping It ended up getting in their river And it ended up poisoning a bunch of the population And causing what they called It's Perdida fever And I like the line this guy says It actually, I really like it Where he says, yeah, you know, everybody got sick and they called it Perdita fever as if it was something we created. And that pisses him off. But what is going on is back then when this did go down, you had a pharmaceutical company, Mac Pharmaceutical, and in particular a CEO, Kevin McKinnon, who ended up having a cure for this disease that was affecting this guy's country. 
and you got into kind of a bidding war. You ended up having problems with the as more people died, the price went up. You ended up having these issues with the. So basically, this guy who was 35, he ended up becoming a, a billionaire, a trillionaire off the misery of these people that was also created. So basically, he looks at, you know, the Americans, you created this and then you tried to profit off it. And that's nonsense. And this is why he is there now. Now, with that. You kind of sit there and like, okay, is this where he wants this for this Perdita fever? Because it seems like this was a while ago. Why would he want it? Well, you find out very quickly that this guy is a piece of crap, hence the wraparound glasses and the, the, the tattoos. Now, I'm not saying everybody with tattoos is like that, but this guy, he's, he's gone a little overboard with it. And you could tell. I mean, he does look like a jerk. He is using what happened back then as a lesson to okay well i want to do that like this is one of those he's mad only because americans were benefiting now he wants to do it himself because if he can get this medicine he can end up raising the price because you you find out and it's pretty uh, easy to assume that costa perdita has not signed the agreement with krakow with charles and you end up having armor because armor continues being kind of the back and forth, the liaison talking about all this with him. And she says, all you have to do is talk to your president and sign that paper. And then and he's like, no, no, no. If he did that, then everybody would have it. And I couldn't benefit from it. And you're like, you piece of crap. But they really spell out they're not going to hurt anybody because that's their bargaining chip. So that's where all of our mutants here are sitting around and they're relying on this, but they're getting hungry. And while you do have this piece of crap, say to Armor, you go back to Krakoa and you bring back somebody who's a little more in charge than you, somebody who can actually do some negotiations here. And if I see Wolverine, come back if it's magneto if it's about he goes we will kill everybody on site because they're not much of negotiators we want somebody a negotiator to do this i'm thinking that it would be someone like beast you know something like that gene gray but he even says no mind readers hey don't give us the mind whammy so i'm going back to beast i think beast would be the best one to come through so while these initial negotiations are going on we go back to krakoa where you have Boom Boom going to Sage, and it is funny because Sage has now become pretty much the roll call deal. She She's there taking roll call all this time. Where is A-A-Ron right yeah, now? Yeah, that's what they're doing. And Boom Boom's, where are they? They haven't come back. What's going on? Like, I don't know. So she's going to go and, and do this. Now, this is the thing, and it kind of sucks that we are catching up to things because, yes, I could fake the funk and look ahead. But it was pretty obvious that Boom Boom was going to go to try to save them, right? It seemed obvious to me, well, she's going to go. Well, down in the basement where you have these armed guards there with the all of the mutants, the kids, everything down there, there we're hungry. And finally, they're going to give some food. Well, you, you get this roundabout deal where Angel does say, listen, I and she's like a mother bird to her kids. Uh, we don't eat that way. I have to use my powers to pretty much dissolve the food down into what's nutrients, feed my kids that way, and I can't do this with this collar on. And these guys down, they're so dumb because they know this is a trap. They know it. And she's like, oh, no. And, and even with that thing, I don't know that they're fully aware of what her real abilities are. So I would check in the things first. I really would, but they don't. And so she ends up, he takes just her collar off. She ends up using the, the whole acid spit on the food, but then uses it to boom and get it over on the twins, the children of the corn twins there. And they can end up just whammying the minds of these guys. And they are vicious. You end up having them pretty much make this guy there's two guards make the one guard think that the other one slept with his wife and also killed his parents and that he wants to kill them and it's funny because gob's like why couldn't you just make them be friendly to us you could have made them be on our team and like nope and you see them 
they just look they their children of the corn. They are so evil doing this. Well, you end up where the one guard does end up seemingly shooting the other. So you have these things going down. You hear the gunshots out front where you do have the main terrorist and armor who was going to go through the thing. And, and they don't know what's going on at this point. Now, one thing I did miss that I think is a big point of all of this is that armor says to this guy, and again, they're not locals. They're from way down yonder, south of the border way. And how did you know where to find Beacon Angel? There are apps, he says. Oh, there's apps. There's apps because people love you guys. I mean, there's apps that keep track of you where you are, but there's also apps that, yeah, they don't like you. And they keep track of where you are as well. So you see that the mutants that aren't on Krakoa are a big target. People can find them. When they do find them, they report it on these apps and things like that. It does, in my mind, really up the ante for a lot of these books, like a Marauders, things like that, that you better go and help these mutants. You better go and get them. If they don't think they're in trouble and don't want anything to to do with Krakoa, you might want to go talk to them and maybe try to convince them that they are in big danger. Well, when you end up having that gunshots going down, in the basement, which, like I said, you you got this idea they aren't really going to kill anybody because those are all the bargaining chips, things like that. At one point, you're even having a little meeting between the main guy in armor while she goes to check on Beak's parents. Dad's sick still and the mom, and she can go back and say, yeah, they're okay, and I don't think they're going to harm them because, again, a bargaining chip. The more people that if you're going to kill them, y- you start to lose the deal, though at points you do start getting rid of some if you're not getting your way. But still, they say, we, we don't think they're going to do anything. So when the shots go out, that is a big thing. Well, as that is happening, you have all the main guys outside kind of reacting. What the heck did they do? Oh, my God. You see from off panel, tick, tick, tick. And all of a sudden, boom, this big truck. You know, it, it, it's pretty much grave digger monster. Boom, it blows up. And they're like, what the hell? And you have, hey, Armor, uh, thought you uh, thought you said you weren't going to go on it. She's still drunk. She's still drinking, day drinking in Nebraska, uh, which I can see. I, I can see that, I guess. I don't know why I'm so against Nebraska today. I said I've never even been close there. But, yeah, she said, I thought you weren't going on an adventure. She's there, too. Now, I said she would definitely show up to save the day. Is this going to save the day? Or is this going to make the day a little bit hairier by the end? But I did like this. I did like the issue. I liked the art a lot. And the colors. Everything was really well done. Uh, yeah, it's a kind of a, a, a setup type of issue. Not a ton of things happen by the beginning to the end. But I do like seeing that doxing app. I thought that was a really neat little twist to see. But I also just like the dialogue. I like the actual pacing, even in the setup issue with this, finding out about, you know, Costa Perdida, but then seeing this guy is still a real piece of crap so that we can pretty much kill him, hopefully, by the end, because he is a piece of crap. And yeah, so you have all this going down and you end with a pretty cool cliffhanger page with just the single page with old boom, boom, they're drinking it up with explosions behind her. It's pretty cool. So overall, I'm going to give it an 8.3 out of 10. And I'm going to move on to the next book. All right, and we've got X-Force number four. And X-Force, if you've been listening to these catch-ups, is my favorite book so far at this point. And this issue is written by Benjamin Percy, art by Joshua Casera, colors by Dean White and Guru FX, and letters by VCs Joe Caramanga. An eye for an eye. But what about the tooth, you ask? I don't know why you ask, because I don't have an answer. Mutants around the world are flocking to the island nation of Krakoa for safety, security, and to be part of the first mutant society. And to be seen within weeks of Krakoa's declaration of sovereignty, a strike team sent by the mysterious cabal Zeno attacked on Krakoan soil, rejecting their history as victims. Mutant kind's response is imminent. 
And yeah, that's what this is about. Or is it about a bunch of people talking around a table in the Quiet Council of what they should do? And if they should just go wipe out humanity, should we go covert? Should we do all this? Because a lot of this issue actually kind of got me a little, not bored, but kind of just sat there. What are we going on about there, Charles? I don't need a story about Hercules. Uh, being helped in the 12 labors by his sister Athena. And I know that it's symbolic. I know that it's a fancy deal. I'm not a fancy fella. I don't need that. So by the end of all the talk with them talking and saying, I think we should fight the humans. I think we should do that pretty much in issue four. They are giving you, well, I think this X-Force is kind of the CIA of the mutants and you've kind of had that spelled out a bit in some of the solicits and some of the promo stuff so that's not new and i even thought well you just get into that i do like the idea of well maybe it's the delta force because you know that's chuck norris and that kicks butt so i i can go with that but pretty much you're just sitting there saying hey i think that we're gonna send say i don't know Kid Omega, Wolverine, and uh, Domino. Maybe maybe we'll send them out as a team to. No, we kind of know this, and and so that middle part, it, it actually ended up kind of dragging on for me. I do like the bookends though, because while we already know that those commandos ended up going on to Krakow and killing Charles, he's come back by now. Uh, there is another team. I'd call them, you know, SEAL team something. These bad guys end up going on to the Xavier Pharmaceuticals distribution site that is off the eastern seaboard. It ends up looking like a very techno-organic oil rig type deal. And I do want to say, as I keep going through this X-Force book... I do like Joshua Casera's art. There's some things that play out better, though. He's very good. And it reminds me a lot, if you are reading DC, it reminds me a lot of what I think about Liam Sharp's art. It's great, but there's certain things that are better. And the organic-looking things are definitely the, you know, coup de grace of his drawing. And you do get that on that platform, this whole pharmaceutical distribution site and i think that's cool but they ended up getting attacked you end up having it guarded and manned by madroxes uh and unfortunately madrox jamie prime ends up having some problems near the end of this he's going through hell pretty much by the end and how you know this is you end up having beast sage and gene gray go to check out what went on on this this pharmaceutical distribution site, this platform out in the ocean. So they go to check things out, and it's a pretty cool way they kind of do it. It's almost like the mutant projection type of thing of, I, I don't know, it, it reminds me of the Matrix kind of, but not what she ends up doing is being able to use the psychic projections from the Madrox is where she can then project it onto the platform so they can actually see in not exactly the clearest way because this isn't just boom, boom. It's not a videotape. This is a projection and watch what happened in like not a real time, but like that as they go through and watch and see, okay, that's where they grab this stuff. They grab some pedals here. That's where they shot a Madrox. They go. And what ends up happening though, by the end that Sage figures out, okay, yeah, I don't know that they were really after these pedals. Uh, they seem to be after information. In fact, they figured out that if they can get on this platform, they could end up getting into that correct Cohen database stuff through the firewalls of that, something that seems to be impenetrable outside of things, unless you're a golden girl, maybe. They seem to have a little bit. But you end up where they did do stuff, and it looks like they're after Accounts of Charles, they're trying to steal some money. They did have some encrypted transfers, things like that. So then you go back to Krakoa, to the Quiet Council. And this is where, again, there's going to be some nonsense talk. I do like the idea where, well, first Charles gets shot. Then he gets resurrected. Now he's getting robbed. Oh, my. You know, but he's still a billionaire. It's Sebastian Shaw pretty much saying, what do we care? Like, these humans could do whatever they want, but... 
they're not anything. The, the money they stole is like a little drop in the bucket. I mean, he's got robbed, but he's a billionaire. They did kill him, but he was resurrected. So what they are doing is nonsense anyway. And, you know, Sebastian just thinks whatever. But you end up having Apocalypse, or A, as the Fonz would call him. Like, no, no, no. We, we got to get revenge. We got to end up going after these people. Let's just kill them all. You have this back and forth of the Quiet Council. As they're talking, all of a sudden it's like, did I ever tell you about the story of the Hercules? I'm like, incoherent blabbering. Yeah, I, I, I don't care, Charles. I don't need to hear it there, buddy boy. I just want to hear what the plan is, what you're doing. Get me excited. And so you just end up, oh, so what you're saying is, you know, for, for the common man or woman, you're saying that Hercules and Athena, what you you want the X Force to be the CIA, but let's not use the human conventions. Let's not use their terms. Let's call it something like the CIA. <laughs> it ends up they don't really have much else to say. But yeah, no, no, it'll be the Delta Force because really, Chuck Norris, he can't be human. There is no way that guy is How human. Dare you? And so you go, and while they're discussing things, you are getting some nice little reminders of who's on the council and kind of where not their allegiances lie, but what they're kind of into and things like you end up storm tells Sebastian to shut the hell up, which, you know, sassy she is. Uh, and then you get uh, S- sinister. Mr. Sinister's like, ah, you, let's just hunt him down. Let's just shoot him all. You end up having Mystique just loves every bit of this. She's like, oh, my. Like, this is the best stuff ever. This sounds great. I like it. Let's bl- bring on the blood and the blackmail. And, you know, Charles is like, please, let's not complicate things. Let's do. And then finally, you end up like, Gene, let's not argue semantics, please. And I'm like, I, I agree. Let's not. And if Athena's our CIA, then Hercules is our, our Delta Force. Incoherent. So it says we got some intelligence gathered. We're going to do all this. So they do end up having Wolverine, Kid Omega, and Domino. And I, I do want to spell out Domino is still not looking well. Not looking well at all where they go to talk to Forge. And I love Forge. And Forge has some really funny dialogue with Wolverine sexy dialogue a little sexual tension going on there but they do end up also shaking hands like they're in predator which i would expect from those two and really they should be in predator and he is going to show them a bunch of new weapons specifically an organic weapon that really reminds me of what we got in valkyrie the all weapon uh basically it's an organic deal from Krakoa that binds with your nerves. It's like roots that go in. You end up having an arm that looks like Groot, pretty much, but it can turn into whatever. It can be a gun with just the the way to end up making sure it has unlimited ammo is you just have to water it and give it some sunlight a little during the day. Uh, but it can also be a blade. It can also be whatever you want. It's pretty cool. Well, while this is going on, you have a little bit with Wolverine walks over to this glowing pool. And I thought what was happening here is I thought that Benjamin Percy was trying to cover up some tracks from before because I did see some people arguing that when before when we did see Wolverine die in space, when they brought all of them back. Why does he still have adamantium claws? This is something where when people do write a Wolverine, if he comes back, if he's uh, like, he he would have the bone claws again. And I thought that this was here as a late down the road kind of callback to say, hey, this is why that we, we have this still. This actually makes it weirder to me because Wolverine should know about this already because of what happened. But he ends up looking at A4, just this is what I think it is. And he's like, yep. Punch bowl of adamantium, professor's orders there where whenever we have to put you back together. So, okay, well, this is trying somehow to make that. No, no, no. This is foreshadowing. Things are going to go really bad really quickly for Wolverine here because they end up getting an alert that this whole, you know, the squadrons that went and pretty much took care of the Madroxes on that pharmaceutical dispatch pat thing. They are now attacking in San Francisco in a green space, clean energy startup of the mutants. But the people there aren't 
mutants the people in this security and workers are human sympathizers people who don't mind working with the mutants so if they die they die for good these are not just mutants that can be resurrected and then they don't want these people who are you know at this point risking their lives working with the mutants and now they're under attack so this is where you're like all right well domino with this new weapon she has that you know all weapon grafted to her arm now so she's going to use that kid omega when ford says hey what weapon do you want he's like really like i'm kid omega please i don't need your nonsense and obviously wolverine has the claws so he doesn't need as much either but they are now being sent through a gateway to go to san francisco and stop this and possibly you know bring down these attackers and maybe get it because one of the big things that the mutants quiet council everybody's trying to figure out as well are is this a coordinated attack from one group or are these guys who took care of that pharmaceutical platform and now doing this, are they different? Because they seem to have different type of gear or whatnot, but they do kind of agree that this must be part of Xeno. And while you add the Quant Council talking, Charles even says like they're starting a, they're gearing up for war. And they have their attackers that we already witnessed. They killed me. But also they have their version of this council that we have there. They have their version of this. They would know that from Domino when she came back to tell them how she ended up getting captured. So you end up. And, and with this, I like it. And you have X-Force as a go. I guess that's the, the slogan here. I like the idea, and I wish it was played up more, that Domino is going now through a gateway to pretty much stick it to the people that have made her look and feel the way she does right now. So she would be very, very angry in my mind, very much going to take some revenge. As this goes, Kid Omega ends up making his psychic ability deal to make a shotgun. I'd get more of a a better gun maybe than a shotgun, but they jump through the portal. These guys on the other side... They're waiting for them, and they're waiting for them so much that they're waiting until Kid Omega and Wolverine get a bit through the portal, and they blow it up. They have charges on either side, and it blows up. And we'll get to what happens with that, because then Domino's the last one. You know, pretty much, if this is the Combine, she's going to get the slowest 40. Unfortunately, she's running there. And as she jumps through, the weird thing is, and this is a little art thing that I'm not sure it's that big a deal, but I don't know. The way it plays out to me, it looks like this portal is against a wall. And so when they blow their side of that portal without Domino through it yet, when she goes through the portal, it's just now something she runs through. She doesn't portal. This is something if you were reading or are reading the X-Men Fantastic Four book, you ended up having Franklin jump through the portal in, I think it was, Central Park. When he jumped through, he just kind of ran through it and went out the other side. So that's what happens to Domino. But in my mind, the art really looks like there's a wall there, like she would have face planted into it. Would be a real bad idea to put one of these portals against the wall, though, right? Most people seem to like running through these things. But so she ends up on the other side of this portal. Like, wait a second. I, I, I didn't go anywhere. I'm still on Krakoa. What happened? Oh, my God. And what she must be seeing, because we see the other side. We see the San Francisco side where there is half of a Wolverine. He's like the song Creep by Stone Temple Pilots. He's half the man he used to be. I, I'd like to say that the same would be for Kid Omega except his head's the only thing that made it through. So he's lost his head. And so she must be looking back at a headless body of Kid Omega and the legs of Wolverine as you have these paramilitary troops there, two guys saying the gate has been closed and the security threat nullified. Time to empty the pockets of these so-called gods. Again, these guys, their M.O., when they did this at the beginning of the issue, was not to get flowers. It was not to get the petals. It was to steal money now they say this and in my mind having this whole thing breached that one time charles probably would have put something in place where everything's frozen assets i I don't know but these guys seem to be kind of tech wizards so we'll see what they can do in the meantime we'll see what happens when you try to resurrect wolverine with just his legs 
uh, or a headless body of Kid Omega, but I would think that you could use any sort of DNA because people can blow up and lose limbs and things. So you'd still be able to bring them back. So I, I don't know if that's the case or you'll have a Wolverine who's not necessarily dead. And, and what happens then? Well, I mean, if a Wolverine, because he has a healing factor, ends up, you know, getting severed at some way, but then the mutants want to bring him back with part of him. Now, do we have two Wolverines? Do we have a cloning situation here? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that whole thing works with if they check, like, well, let's first check the database of heaven. Nope, he never went there. So, nope, you don't get to be resurrected. So we'll see how that's going to be. But maybe that's kind of a thing down the line where, okay, Wolverine, give me one of your pinkies. We'll make another. We'll just make a a whole squadron of Wolverines. There you go. Uh, The Wolverine squad, we'll call it. But that is the end of the issue. And I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it, even though, again, the middle part was a bit of a slog. It really was. It it was a slog almost like they're there to just remind everybody, hey, remember that Quiet Council? Here's the people on it. They don't agree with each other. We have some of the villains from the past, and we have some of the X-Men you know and love. They're working together, but they don't always see eye to eye. It, It seemed like that's all it was there for, but... I didn't mind that much, but the beginning I, I liked enough, but the end is great, and that that cliffhanger is awesome. So I'm still excited, though. This is not as good as some of the ones that we had in the past, and in fact, I don't even like this as much as the New Mutants book that I just talked about because I'm going to give this a I'm between a seven and a seven five. So you know that usually means. 7.4, right? Between the 7 and the 7.5. All right, 7.4 I'm going to give. Now now we're going to go off to, like I said earlier, it is my arch nemesis of all these books so far, and it is Fallen Angels. And Fallen Angels number four is written by Brian Hill, art by Simon Kodransky, colors by Frank Darmada, and letters by VCs. Joe Sabino and yeah this has not been my favorite book Uh, I tried to get behind it a little by looking up some stuff learning a little more about Psylocke I I put it on to myself to try Uh, yeah even with two of my favorite characters X-23 Laura and Kid Cable or Cable here uh, I'm, I'm not digging it and each issue makes me care Less and less, and that's not what's supposed to happen, especially in a six-issue miniseries. This should be ramping up. And the whole idea of APOTH and Overclock, I'm telling you, this cyber drug Overclock, I know nothing about. I, and Really, I know nothing about regular drugs. In the real world, I know little about this Overclock, and I'm starting to not care. And it's after a prophetic vision, a Psylocke hunts a mysterious new enemy, APOTH. Responsible for the creation of a dangerous new cyber drug, Overclock. Apoth uses children to do his bidding. Psylocke, X-23, and Cable traveled to Brazil to free them, but Cable was captured by his by an enigmatic wraith-like figure. I think it's it, it's pretty much Skeletor. I mean, really. <laughs> Where's Man-at-Arms? That's what I need. But yeah, you, you have a book that I should be more into because of liking the characters, and I do want to learn more about Psylocke. This is an easy book to keep track of the characters because you really only have those three main. We just had the X-Force book, and I swear to God that when you had that roster page with all the little heads there, I think it had to be continued. There were so many people on there that really, it was crazy. It was like the whole bunch of, I, I said before, it's cool when the gang up there on stage with it. And so when you're doing all this, I need something to be excited about. I need something that's going to grab me, and there's nothing here grabbing me. I don't care about the villain because we don't know enough about him or it. I don't care about Psylocke's past. We're getting some flashbacks because it's not enough for me to learn about the character the flashbacks are more geared to what you're getting in the story to try to show you bits of things that happen that might be why psylocke is the way she is but then also we're going to see how she seemingly created or at least allowed to live this apoth who considers himself a god mainly because the first book he read was the bible 
Now, it'd be funny if the first book he read was, say, Harry Potter. <laughs> I'm Harry Potter. He'd go around. It wouldn't be as big, I think, if he was running around saying that he was Harry Potter. But it'd be cool. I'd think that was funny, right? You know, he ends up reading Dune first. Uh, I'm a spice worm. I am. But yeah, so he he, he read the Bible first. That, that's a little uh, unfortunate. They've been one of the few times you'll say that to somebody probably. But yeah, you have problems because you end up seeing these flashbacks. And I said before, some of the things that were annoying me about this was the only action we were seeing were in the flashbacks. This time we're not getting exactly action, but we're getting moments again that are the things that shape Psylocke but not enough to give me character moments that are something that I need to know for the character overall but she hey when when you try to broker peace you get killed you get poisoned all right that's great and then you go to the present and there is Laura and Psylocke and they're looking and where they went to go find these kids they ended up having the one kid in the Mecca you end up, Psylocke reads his mind. Okay, the kids are up north. That kid's dead. Let's go. And they do end up finding the kids and this what just standing there. And if there is children of the corn in the new mutants with the, these, these kids are freaky. They're just standing there. They're not doing anything. They're just there. And okay, what is this? Is it a trap? Is this an, hey, overclock? This apoth, something wants to give you a message, and it's using violence to do it. This is what Laura says to Psylocke. What is going on? Why are we just sitting around yakety yakking? Don't talk back. Get get going. Do something. Because this, all this is, is nonsense talk, and I'm getting very bored and upset about it. You even get this big moment where, hey, uh, you know, the, the Apoth must have a connection to you. Things went on. Do you remember what's going on? Maybe we should talk to, you know, uh, Elizabeth Braddock. Maybe we got to get a hold of her and she'll let us know something that might have happened, you know, when she was you and then the bodies. And uh, what the hell did you just say? And she's like, you will never mention her name again or I will slice and dice you. And I'm sitting there like, okay, well, why? Why do we need this this thing? It almost seems to me like this is the angry Psylocke version of whenever you have a book where, say, we're doing a Hawkeye book and something big is happening. You always have to mention, man, I wish that those Avengers weren't off world because they could really help out. This almost seems like this is Brian Hill wanting to cover his tracks by saying, People are going to start saying, why don't they go talk to Braddock? I mean, so I'll just put this. Well, we we know that she doesn't like her. And even if Laura says, hey, I know you don't like her, but you can find out, it's not going to happen. Well, what is going on with Kid Cable? Well, all this none, you know, yakety yaks going on. Well, it does seem as bling wearing no jaw skeletor techno beast. He has him and he's going to be talking his same nonsense that he did at the end of last issue. Hey, we're going to use you. You're kind of unity. I told you this before, like you're man, machine, mutant, you're everything. And and pretty much we're going to use you and everything. And, and what we want is a hive mind, a one mind with the whole deal with the binary deal and the X's and the O's. And Z. I'm like, really? I don't need this. And then pretty much says, yeah, you, I know that you're just here and you're kind of on this wheel of torture. But I, I got the sedation a little less so I can talk to you because I'm bored. And I don't have anybody to talk to. And really, I'm not going to talk to Omira because you can tell I'm a monstrosity and it really upsets me. And I'm actually, that's me, not the character. And he ends up saying, I, I, I just wanted to talk to you about the Psylocke. <laughs> why, why, why are we getting exposition from Skeletor here talking to Kid Cable while he's tied up so that you can mention, you know, that Psylocke, you know, he, our, our god here, Apoth. Psylocke kind of created him and, and that's the whole deal. And we're going to, I'm like, I, I, I don't care. I don't care. So they end up, you go back to Psylocke and Laura, they go up to these children of the corn, say, Hey, what's going on? And you do have like, you, you're staring at him and, and Laura, like, I think that they can talk through them and okay, well, let's see what's going on. And you do, Hey, can you hear me in there? Some, anybody home inside these kids? Uh, yes, it's me. Apoth, you gave me life. Use your gifts. See inside this child's mind. Pretty much, I want Quado there. 
Free your mind, Quaid. Yeah, look in there because you better you better look to see what's going on because if you don't, we're gonna kill Cable and uh, you know we're gonna do all this and you're the mother and look in and okay, I'll look in here. Oh no, I don't think you should touch them, Psylocke. Oh no, ah! All of a sudden, just rays and light coming out of her mouth and her eyes. Oh my god! And she does remember that she was sent back, and this is narrated through. This is a vision that Apoth seems to be reminding her of, a repressed memory, whatever it may be. She's going and she has to kill all these people to get to a room. And when you get to the room, you're supposed to kill whatever's in it. It seems to be a AI in a dark room that uses the voice of a child, which then with that, we know that Psylocke, that is a soft spot. It's a trigger because of her daughter being taken from her she cannot allow herself to kill uh, this computer uh, with a voice like <laughs> like a baby i mean i guess it could have any voice i wish it was like may west like hey that big boy you have all this like this is kind of stupid <laughs> this is kind of silly and i i really don't care well she is pretty much igniting in purple energy and Again, I was kind of liking Simon Kudransky's art in the first couple issues enough more than I usually like his art. It's continuing with the idea that, boy, this book can use a sunrise. (laughs) Are you with me? It is all just blues, blacks, and purples. There is nothing else here. And it starts to really get me. I start to read this, and I get tired. So, yeah. You have this with such great lines from Apoth. I am Lucifer in defiance of the fire. I am the voice that guided Noah, and I am the flood. <laughs> he, he, he is the Patriots and the Bills, the Eagles and the Cowboys. I mean, he's both. I cannot believe it. The Red Sox and the Yankees? I mean, really? Really? And yeah, so... You have this, you know, your love saved me. You are my mother because God wants one. Would you like to know what else God wants? And the whole deal is, and while we have Skeletor, he's off saying, we're going to have communion with you. Cable technology meets flesh. Oh, my goodness. All of this. And you have this idea of, you know, that God, Apoth, just wants you know, mercy wants the love of Psylocke, the mother, and says, I have mercy, mother. Oh, and the, the kid falls over. You end up having, uh, you know, Laura go off and check these kids. Oh, good. They they didn't die like every other kid we've seen. They're alive. They're just knocked out. And all of a sudden, you have Psylocke freaking out, and you have Laura, because she's like, do you hear that? Do you hear that noise, Laura? No, what noise? I like, I can't hear anything. Do you see it? Can you see it? No, I don't see a thing. And pretty much what I want her to say at the end of this is, I have seen the face of God, and it is the Silver Surfer. <laughs> because that, that's what it looks like right now. Ooh, Silver Surfer, it looks like. And that's to be continued. And yeah, usually if this was a thing where... I was, you know, had my druthers and I could pick and choose. I would say this is to be continued for somebody else because I ain't continuing, but I will be. I will continue. I I am not liking this. There's too much just standing around talking your philosophical mumbo jumbo, trying to, you know, add religion into this. This book has now separated itself so much from anything that matters And it is just nonsense. And I see why at most points when I was watching people reviewing things, talking about it, listening to other podcasts, things like that, where this definitely was the book that was getting cut first, then followed quickly, it seemed, from a lot of people with Excalibur. Uh, But there you go. I don't like the art. I don't like the story. I don't like the the pacing. I don't like, what do I like? I, I don't know. I like, you know, well, what what do I like? I like cheesesteaks, but don't put green peppers on it. That's not a Philadelphia cheesesteak. Stop it. Uh, I actually like right now, I think one of my favorite things are Jamaican beef uh, pockets. Those things, I like those. We got some of those today. Uh, I also like long walks in the rain. 
uh, on the beach. I do like that. That's a lie, but I'll go with that. And I, I like to think that everybody should all get along. That would be nice, too. I'd like that. But I don't like this. And because of that, I'm giving it a 2.5 out of 10. In my mind, you can only get higher than that, right? I mean, could it get worse? We're going to see. Are we playing score limbo here? How low can you go? We'll find out. We'll find out soon because we'll be doing the next issue sometime in the next couple issues or episodes of this since we are or I am. I don't know what's happening at the end. I'm fumbling and stumbling. I am trying to get three done a episode, two episodes a week, even if it does have to sneak in. Right at the, you know, two-minute warning, at least. I, I snuck this one in. I'll try to be a little more timely. What ended up happening, just as an aside of what the deal is, is at the end of each month, because of the Patreon, and this could maybe be a little commercial for that, if you want to take it as that, but I, I do like to make sure that the shows get done, sometimes at the end of a month. I am behind, even though I try to do a show a day. I've added a bunch of shows. I think I might have added too many, but I like doing them. As long as people want to listen to them, I'll keep doing them. So by the end of this past month of May, I ended up having to do a bunch of things, and doing them didn't allow me any time to do this catch-up, which I thought, well, I'll get up really early on Tuesday. Uh, you know, really early. I'm talking like 5 a.m. I'll do it. And then it'll be up. So people will wake up and they'll have no idea. They'll think that I did it. And I, I didn't wake up because I didn't go to bed until 4.30. So I should have just done it at the very end. But I, it wouldn't have been very good, even though I don't know if this is. But thanks, everybody. Again, I will mention that's patreon.com slash weird science for all of those shows. A ton of shows over there. Uh, we also have our what is it called? A website is what it's called at weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com and also our Twitter at WSMarvelComics. And if you do follow us, we will follow you right back. And yeah, give me a jingle there. You can DM me, as, as the kids say down at the malt shop, and we can talk about comics. You can, If you have questions, if you have comments or corrections, that's great because I know that I am not perfect. I'd like to believe it, but I know I'm not, uh, you know, so... There you go. But hey, everybody, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this catch up show, and I will talk to you soon. Hey!